What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast with a Monday rundown here on a Thursday. Sean and I jumped right in and we talked a little bit of serious stuff at first. Following that, we talked some NBA, MLB, and PGA. So enjoy the pod and follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. I've been tweeting out a little bit. Tweet me if you have anything to say at Sorry Sports. Enjoy the pod and we will be talking to you guys soon. couple days uh long personally and long for the country uh you know i've had some time as i told you earlier i've been driving for like five hours a day out to work so i've had a lot of time to sit in the car and stew over this and listen to opinions and whatnot and uh you know uh for me personally and then i'll i'll let you give your your opinion which i'm i'm assuming is just going to be aligned with mine we politically we're pretty and this isn't even a political thing. That's the problem that people are trying to politicize this. But you and I, I guess, more morality-wise, are aligned in the same views. But you know, I'm pulling up an article from the Washington Post here. I told you I had to get a stat, but it wasn't a sports stat. Uh, since Sandy Hook, the the nation has experienced more than 3,500 mass shootings, according to the Gun Violence Archive which is a nonprofit organization that tracks gun violence. Uh, reliable source there. That's, in my opinion, unacceptable. And for people saying that we're coming out of the COVID pandemic, I, I, I disagree. I think we have a whole other pandemic in this country that I wouldn't be opposed if people wanted to go into lockdown because this is a full-on pandemic. And it is absolutely unbelievable and damning. And I don't want to be the person to take one issue and pile on, but I think this is fitting. It is absolutely unbelievable how quickly these people in positions of power can go on and make legislation against whether or not a woman wants to make a decision on her own body, yet it takes them this fucking long to make a decision that is, in my opinion, the most obvious decision, which is gun control. Um, it's sickening and it's really disheartening for the free world. Um, and that's all I really have to say. It's just, you know, the what's gone down over this country, you know, for 2020 with the pro-life decrees and whatnot. And then this coming out and nobody doing anything about it is just absolutely disgusting, in my opinion. Yeah, very well said. Um, really good stat there shows that, you know, the ones that we see are not all the ones that happen. Um, you know, it was almost four weeks ago now that the shooting in Buffalo in the grocery store occurred, and that seemed to be swept under the rug in, you know, the span of about 24 or 48 hours. And then we had a shooting um, in a church? Was, yeah. Um, you know, the one in Buffalo was spurned on by a white supremacist who read a manifesto that essentially was decreeing that African-American people were not worthy of living. Um, and then you have this lunatic in Texas, about an hour and a half south from here uh, in Austin, um, yes. that, that does this. And, um, you know, what, what's really, I echo all your sentiments about, 
you know, how nobody in power is doing anything. Steve Kerr, I think, laid it out unbelievably how there's a bill sitting at the Senate right now um, that 90 percent of Americans approve, which is just harsher background checks that is not being voted on. Um, and I think that pretty much speaks to everything. You know, when, when you talk about to pro-gun people, um, you know, their first de facto fallback is don't take away my guns. Nobody's trying to take away your guns, you fucking morons. Like, if you went through the p- proper background checks and you have a handgun or you uh, you have something that you feel that you need to protect yourself from, you know, and you have it in your house. First of all, don't you you don't need a a firearm. You don't or a, you don't need an AR-15. OK, like if the government's coming to st- get you, they're going to mow you down. So you're not stopping the U.S. government on top of that. Who is not in favor of harsher background checks? Tom, in the state in which I currently reside, this guy went in, bought a gun and 38 rounds of ammunition and had it within 48 hours. Not to mention a bullet while showing up wearing. Yeah, I was just going to say while wearing body armor and for people to say, well, let's have our teacher. Let's let's we need to have harsher security. There was a security guard there. You know what he's not going to be able to do or she you're not going to be able to fight back against somebody with 38 rounds and an AR-15 and, and body armor. Same with all the teachers that the, that people want to have armed. Teachers do not go to school for this. And how upsetting and absolutely detrimental to a child's development than them looking in the corner and seeing where their fire, the firearm is going to be in case a lunatic comes in to shoot up the classroom. It, it's, it's absolutely inexplainable to me how anybody can fall on the other side of this. I mean, Tom, there's they, the first report was 14. I think they're up to 22 now because yeah. the AR 15 literally like disintegrates the body. Like it's so mutilated that they have to do DNA tests to see who the people are because they're unrecognizable. Like the level of horror. I can't even fathom, you know, I don't have kids. I, I remember going to school, as I'm sure you do, and never thinking in a million years that anything could happen. You were protected. You were with your friends. You know, your biggest worry was how much homework am I going to get today? Am I going to be able to go outside and play with my friends? Like, that was what we thought about. And now there's this that's happening way too frequently. And the places that we are supposed to feel safe something as sacred and as innocent as a high school and a gro- or a middle school, elementary school and a grocery store in a church. It's just, it's sickening. I, I, I can't get over it. And you know, for the proud Americans that want to hold on to the second amendment, let me just give you a quick history lesson, Tom, but we can break off of this because I'm getting really upset and you did a really good job of keeping it succinct. But you know, this was written in 1776, the most, technologically advanced weapon was a musket there was no organized militia there was no police force if somebody came to steal from your home you had to defend yourself and it was a musket thomas jefferson would not have crafted this with the founding fathers if they knew that ar-15s existed and by the way you proud americans who claim that you love this country, don't know a fucking thing about it. Thomas Jefferson believed that amendments should be changed every 19 years. 
because he believed with philosophy, society, and technology that there would be seismic shifts where you would have to ratify these. This bullshit antiquated amendment that was crafted 250 fucking years ago is not holding up in 2022. It hasn't held up in a really long time. So get your fucking shit together. Learn about everything and vote on something that easily can save countless more lives. I mean, honestly, do these people need to lose children of their own to be affected by it? <laughs> I just it's, it's unfathomable, Tom. It really is. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, instead of just putting yourself in their shoes, it's starting to look to me like they actually have to be in those people's shoes in order to do something about it. Because you bet your ass if, you know, one of these one of these people in positions of political power had something happen to them, there would be a change. Right. Um, You'd like to think so. But I mean, and I hate I hate to be the person before we end it to tie it in, you know, I don't want to be that person that throws another issue when there's an issue to try and pile on. But I just thought it was so unbelievable how quickly these, I hate to say it, predominantly old white men can vote down these laws about abortion, but they can't get their hands out of their pockets on this when, I mean, I, as a as a man, I don't even think I should have the right to even speak on abortion. I, I I don't think you and I are having children anytime soon, Sean. No, not that I'm aware of. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You and French, we had a little run in there, but I mean, all right, that was just being silly. But I mean, back to being serious for a second. It's you know, personally for me, it's been a rough 2022, and. You know, you think you're seeing, and for the country, you think you're seeing a light at the end of the tunnel coming out of this pandemic, which is, there's still a lot of positive cases, and I think we're getting another wave, but still, summer's coming and everything. Honestly, I think we've had a rough 2022 so far, given what's happened, and, you know, I I don't know where we go from here, man. I mean... Well, that, yeah, that's the problem. And it's... It's like, I don't give a fuck if you're Democrat or a Republican or whatever. Just like, we need to do something as, as a human race here. Like, and I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just find it hard to believe that once you become a politician, it just, you, you're, you're brainwashed into being a bad person. I mean, there's something has to be done here and figured out. Well, you're, you're tied to lobbyists. You're tied to certain things that, you know, know, the people who are electing you into power, those are the ones that you're going to have to lobby to. <laughs> those are the people you're yeah. going to have to sell your soul to, for lack of a better regard. That's no, know, politics in America. It's, it is. Um, it's just so overwhelming. It's like, aside from us using our platform and, and, and whatnot, like, what else can you and I really do? Like, yeah, I guess we could go to we the can't White do House anything. and stomp our feet. Right. Well, you you hit you hit the nail on the head with that, Tom, is. I I was trying to stay involved with the coverage and watch as the body count piled up but why? and <laughs> try to understand. No, because I want to understand why why this happened and I want to understand what's going on and I want to learn and be educated on why these things continue to happen and what's out of our control and what am I ignorant on? But dude, it's like, I have had this overwhelming feeling of defeat and I felt it the same way after hearing about the Buffalo shooting a month ago. Like 
it's not it's it's a lot of sadness it's a lot of anger it's a lot of frustration it's a lot of all of those things but i think the worst aspect of this is with the frequency in which these events are happening i find myself defeated and i also feel myself becoming desensitized and i'm doing everything i can as the human being with emotions to not become desensitized because anytime this something like this becomes normal you pretty much just give up and I don't want to give up, but I'm sure you've, you've probably felt the same emotions. I just feel overwhelmingly defeated and I feel absolutely terrible for the families that are grieving. Yeah, I, I am on the same page as you and, and it goes back to a lot of other issues that you and I have discussed at nauseum on this podcast, whether it be the BLM movement or this or anything where, I mean, it is, it is, so hard to I don't know feel motivated to do anything when it's just it just feels like there is zero progress at all in this country the Yankees won on a walk-off that night and I really like I didn't even think about it I don't even I didn't even have the game on I'm like I don't care I don't care I I I switched over to it right as right as they had won and me and Mikhail just looked at each other like okay um you know I don't know man it's I just feel like throughout history you learn you learn about all these people that made a difference and it doesn't really feel like we have any of these people. It's like, oh, there was a, you know, a, a massacre in Texas. Oh, like uh, you know, what's new on TikTok? It's just it's it's I don't know. I don't know the words, man. I don't have words. Um If you're not affected by it and you're not put in a bad mood, and other things that you hold as importance take precedence over something like this, then I just don't have any room for you, honestly. Like, I, I have no room. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else to say, man. It's, it's, br- it's brutal. I mean, I'm looking at all these, and it's like, it's crazy because, you know, like, to be honest... I didn't even I knew about the grocery store shooting, but I didn't even know about the church shooting until this shooting happened. And somebody was like, it's been three in the past 10 days or whatever. And I'm like, what? And I had to go do my research. It's like, that's how I don't even know how like if I feel like if that had happened in the 2000 2000s, like everybody would have heard about it. I mean, and I'm looking at this article in the Washington Post and it's just like a black church in Charleston, South Carolina, 2015. Uh, non-for-profit yep. in California, a gay nightclub. You remember that one in Orlando? Uh, in Orlando I remember yeah. the country music festival in Las Vegas in 2017. Uh, obviously, Parkland, uh, synagogue in Pittsburgh. I don't need. I didn't remember that one. Uh, There's the mosque, mosque in Quebec. Yep. I mean, we got to talk about sports. We've said our piece. Yeah. I, I, no, we've said our piece. I don't want to beat a dead horse. I, I think the most impactful thing you can say is, and I, I truly believe this, and I pray to whoever you believe in and I believe in that it doesn't happen, but I swear to God, I feel like the only thing that's going to make an impact is if one of these people in a position of power are directly affected, and that's terrible to say, yeah. but it might be the truth. It might be. We don't know the truth, honestly, at this point. If, I don't know if something like this doesn't take take you know, all the cake for in order to have something change than truthfully, Tom, I, I don't know. I don't know what will. And you made a great point, by the way, about how quickly legislation can act upon something as 
horrible as t- taking away women's rights with their bodies and they they sit on a gun law but again you know that's just that's america for, uh, today i mean 10 years since sandy hook 20 plus years since columbine i mean this is not this is not a new thing you know no and, no, it, and it's not it, an it's infrequent not. thing clearly but let's talk about sports. What do you want to go with first? MLB, NBA, PGA, uh, soccer, bowling, darts. What are you thinking? <laughs> Horse racing. Um, <laughs> let's get in. Let's get into the NBA playoffs. Are you big into the, the derby? There. Do no. you go to Do you go to parties or whatever? You know, wear the hat. <laughs> you know, you think you know a guy, and you ask, and they ask you that question. Um, I was just kidding. Sean, I, I know you like to go to parties, even if you don't know anything, just to you know socialize and shit. I didn't know if yeah, you went to a I, derby party this year. Well, I did not go to the derby party, and I did not go to a Preakness party this past weekend. Um, but no, how about you? Are you drinking the mint juleps? No, man, I'm not. I'm not big into the ponies. I I don't want to bet on something that I can't speak to. Like, you know, and it's like, I can't have a conversation with a horse. I can't watch an interview with a horse and find out how he's feeling today. No. Maybe he's in a bad mood. Maybe he's upset. Maybe he's mad at his trainer or his jockey. I don't know. Exactly. Um, all right. Jump into whatever I think you that was the most horse racing we've ever done on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, people don't get too used to it. <laughs> all right. Let's talk NBA playoffs, Tom. Where we stand right now. Tonight, um, Golden State can close out Dallas. They're up 3-1 back in San Francisco. And in the East, we have um, Boston now up 3-2, heading back to Boston tomorrow night in a game six that could send them to the finals. We can talk about the series individually, and then I have kind of a a bigger picture question for you. But give me your take on let's start in the West first. By the way, I'm starting a little bit of draft research um, for the NBA draft. I am Team Paolo. Yeah, I I will put it to you this way. If obviously he's not going to get picked by the Knicks because he's going to be long gone before there. But if he was selected by the Knicks and Tom Thibodeau wasn't our coach and a human being that actually wanted to play the most talent was our coach, he would (laughs) he Julius Randle would be a thing of the past. He is so good. You know, in a way, it's kind of good that you're drafting where you are because the top, top guys are going to be gone. So you're not going to be in the point of where you look back. I mean, there's probably going to be a few guys John, like the Donovan Mitchell years. But regardless, gonna, that's exactly what I was going to refer back to. I mean, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, don't make me go down this list, okay? Let's talk about oh, You brought it up. I, I Okay, you're right. I did. I deserve that. Um <laughs> Well, I could talk about your Nets, too. And God, the fucking... I mean, Simmons is making fun of them on his podcast. They might move back to New Jersey silently. <laughs> they might. <laughs> yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a crazy offseason, man. I don't even want to go into it on this podcast. No, let's because talk we're playoffs. So, we're so far from there, but let's we'll talk. See. Let's talk Golden State um, and, and the Mavs. Uh, the last game I watched... Here's the thing. I think that that series would have been very easily a sweep had the games been more spread out. I think it's this playoffs especially has been kind of a, a gauntlet um, because they only have one rest day, and usually that rest day is a travel day in between. And also, I, I think this, this um, shooting, these, these mass shootings, plays 
played a real role, especially on the Golden State Warriors, because, you know, they're one of the most outspoken teams on these issues. Steve Kerr is one of the most outspoken coaches, and I, I think it really weighed heavily on them. I think that they just came out flat, and you can't do that against a player of Lucas caliber, but I think the series ends tonight. The Golden State Warriors just have too much firepower. Yeah, and I would have been shocked if Dallas got swept on their home floor. You know, they had to win either game three or four. And, and the you Warriors know, you, are good. You advance. Regardless of what's going on in the country or whatever, no matter the series, the Warriors are always good for one throwaway game where they subconsciously just don't give a shit. But that doesn't – that doesn't. I mean, me and you were texting about a couple of games ago when I told you I live bet them when they were down about six at the end of the yeah. third quarter to, to win by five and a half. And I have not felt that confident about a bet in a long time. I mean, and and they made most of that comeback with just like Jordan Poole and, and Kevon Looney. Like Draymond had five fouls, uh, Clay yeah. was resting, and Steph was resting, and and Poole was the best player on the floor. No, you're exactly right, and and that's you know Golden State has the pedigree. This is like ahead, Golden State three. Don't listen. Don't break your arm jerking yourself off here, but go ahead and pat yourself on the back a little bit. Okay. Well, you, I, I keep telling you this and I texted it to you so that you bringing this up to me is just a bad guy move. I hedged my bet. I picked them in the beginning of the season, but midway through and all the way up through their series, I, I, I switched to Memphis. So I'm not going to be that guy because if I, I, I should have held with them the whole time and I didn't, but maybe if job played, it would have been a different story, but Golden State, this is like 3.0, right? You had the first year where they won with Iggy yeah, getting think, the MVP. I think one of us said that on the last pod. Right, and then, you know, the, the dynasty with, with the mini dynasty with Durant and, and now this with Jordan Poole kind of becoming that next guy while the vets and, and championship proven guys are continue to play and play well. I just think when you get to a finals, you, you're not a conference finals. Like, it is impossible for a team to get swept like if you have any if you have any you know desire fight at all especially when you're playing games three and four on the, at home and luke you got, is on your gotta team. win one of those games and luke is on your team so they, they need... got their game maybe they sneak another one but this series is done i think oh it's all but done i think they i think they take care of business tonight and they get a hell of a lot of rest um Again, Luke is amazing. We're going to talk about him plenty in the offseason and the moves that we think the Mavericks need to make to get to the next level. I think they need another reliable superstar, but so do a lot of teams. Um, now, they're, now, if we both think Golden State are going to win an under seven, I think they're going to get a lot of rest to take on whoever wins this Miami-Boston series because that has been one of those football games that you watch where it's like, Okay, this has turned into a street fight. Dude, it's been it's been really hard to watch. I think Bill Simmons has said on his podcast it's a exhausting. few times it's a rock fight. Yeah. Yeah, and, it sucks. And it here's, quite frankly sucks. <laughs> here's yeah, no, it it does. But you gotta you gotta also tip your cap to the guys for going it's like they want it so bad and they're going so hard that they're that it's too much. And that it's it's affecting their their effectiveness in the game. Here's how I feel about the series. I think that 
the younger legs of the Celtics, excluding Al Horford, although he was able to, as Simmons said as well, to be put on ice in Oklahoma City for the year, are starting to peek their head and buck a little bit over the older, more, you know, mild uh, Miami Heat in Jimmy Butler, obviously Kyle Lowry. <clears throat> Sorry. Ooh. Careful. Yep. Um, wow, that was Jimmy rough. Butler got you choked up? Jimmy, but no, more like Kyle Lowry. That guy is going to get played out of the league if he keeps this shit up. But I can't say that for sure because then he turns around and he has a year like Chris Paul and shit. And who the fuck knows? Maybe he'll go in one of those chambers for a whole year. But Tyler Hero getting hurt is a massive, massive loss for them. And I just think it's a war of attrition for them. And I think it's survival of the fittest and the Celtics are going to win out. I'm in agreement with you. I think they close it out. In game six tomorrow night. I just think um, the Heat are too uh, hobbled. They're too hobbled. And listen, Jimmy Butler has his nights, you know, where he really is great. And he has all the intangibles that you want out of a star. I have always had a very hard time calling him a superstar. Because I don't think he does anything exceptionally Agreed. top five, top eight level well although i but do he does think so many things top 10 15 well if you want to make the argument of jimmy butler being a superstar his talent is just that he wants it more than everybody else but again i think that kind of hurt him in this series because i think he is running on fumes right now because he's front rim and everything and he just looks like his legs are jello at this point yeah they do and and bam has not played great outside of game three. Horford, um, Horford is like a, a, a rejuvenated man. He spent the year at the, at the spa of Oklahoma city sitting in the ice bath all year. And he's come out like a new man. Yeah. And he loves that team and the team loves him and it feels right. You know, the match that when he came back there, I didn't think he'd do anything like this. I don't think anybody did. But the combination of him and Rob Williams, I mean, Rob, Rob Williams is on a fucking pogo stick out there blocking shots left and right. These you know, guys kind are of incredible. Keeping too. Bam at bay, which is really hard. But, dude, I'm watching last night. I'm watching that big run that Boston goes on. And, yeah, it was just bad basketball on Miami. Mm-hmm. I think there was a stretch where they were 5 of 37 from the field. But, I mean – Brown was making everything, despite his flaws with as a ball handler and all that. And then he absolutely posterized Bam. Bam made a business decision getting out of the way. Tatum's draining shots, taking it to the cup. You got Grant Williams making his corner three, taking a charge. Like Boston just has guys that you can, when you're struggling, they can bail you out with a big-time shot or they can get hot. And, yep. and Miami really, even on the great Kyle Lowry games and even on the great you know, well, they're one Butler guy. Games. They're one guy that yeah, bails and, them out is gone and hero. He's he's the one guy who can truly, when Jimmy's doesn't have it, create for himself. Yep, and he's gone. I don't know if he's yeah, out for the I whole mean, series. I don't know the news on that, but as of now, uh, this is Boston in six. You say right, or do they stretch it to seven? I think it's Boston in six. Um, it really depends on free throw disparity. If Jimmy can get himself to the line, then they might be able to pull it to a game seven. But I think if they do get it to a game seven, they are going to be so shot that the Celtics again are just gonna are gonna be 
the team that survives. Either way, Celtics win, but I think they take it in six and take on inevitably the Warriors in the finals. And I think the Celtics are going to be so fucking done after this series and so shot <laughs> that they're not going to be able to chase Jordan Poole or Clay Thompson, who's looking healthier, or Stephen Curry off of these screens. And I think the Warriors are going to win the finals. Awesome. Um, how do you? Feel? I will keep my, I will keep my bet until we do our finals preview because the finals wow. don't start until a week from tonight. Teaser. So, okay, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna take my time in this one because I have a feeling we'll be doing a pod before next Thursday night. I I think so too. I think you can definitely definitely rely on that. All right, time to talk a little. So here's MLB. my big picture. What'd I'm gonna say? get my big picture question for you first. Oh shoot! The I forgot about that. My no, no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. You want to talk Yanks and Mets? I get it. I do too. But my question is this: the NBA is is a star-studded league, right? So, you by the time we get to this point in the season, even in the series that are not the most competitive or, or you know, the most like dynamic or all of that shit, we always have the superstars that it's like, okay, well, we got to watch them play. These games are so bad, Tom, that I don't really even care about watching the superstars at times. Can you ever recall two conference finals equally that suck as much as these two? No, especially not the that, NBA guy. Especially not that one's potentially going to go seven games, but it's they weren't. It's a seven-game series, and it feels close, but none of the games have been close. Um, I really can't, bro, and, you know, I, I think it has a hell of a lot to do with them just being shot, like I said earlier, and and the NBA playoffs are a slog. It's like, all right, can we just get this fucking season over with? I just watched 82 of these or whatever, and and now I got to watch another, I, what is it, three months of basketball, it feels like, from April till, till June. Yeah, um, mid-June. But at the same time, it's like – we got to spread this out. These guys need more rest. I want a healthier Lowry, as healthy as he can be. I want to see Hero back for a game seven if there is one. I want Jimmy to have legs. You know what I mean? So they're in They're in a little bit of a pickle here. My opinion, what they should do, because those 1-8 series, I mean, when the, you know, the last time an 8 beat a 1 was probably the, the We Believe Warriors. Those are usually close to sweeps, if not five-game series. Can we make those best of three? Can we cut down a little bit? No, we can't. Well, they won't. That's the answer you know because why. of the money. Right. But if you want the best product, I mean, you cut down the first round to three, that's two games right there. No, well, more. I mean, that's, yeah, two games if it goes five, more if it's a sweep. I, I, I don't know what else. Really, I mean, I don't think the eight seed. I don't think the eight seed deserves, you know, a playing game or two home playing games or however that works, and then a home playoff game as it is. Throw them the one home playoff game and call it, but that's not going to happen. I don't really know. Maybe they extend the All Star break, but then that lengthens the season too. It's like, you know, these guys are so fucking greedy. What do we do here? I think it's a more of an outlier. I, I don't think that this is what we're going to normally see i mean i i look back to those like raptors Cavs 
fi- uh, Eastern Finals, and like you know, at least the Raptors would get two games, or you know, push push uh, Cleveland for a game or two, uh, and then eventually die out. But I think this is more of an anomaly. Phoenix should be I playing so. in the series. All the, cre- so. all the cre- all the cre- all the credit to Dallas, and they deserve it. And we did our spiel on on Phoenix, but this should be. This theory should be different. And for Miami and Boston, it also sucks because so many of the, you know, the most important players in the series are hurt or very compromised. And, and, but the and fact how that quickly it's so I was just going to say the fact that these games are just so lopsided is very, very strange. I will say this, though, how quickly we forget how great that Bucks series was with the Celtics. Oh, it was tremendous. If we it can was just if we can just pretend this conference finals didn't happen, slide that Buck series and say that was the conference finals, then we're cooking with with fucking you know whatever gasoline. Yeah, well, even even Nets Bucks last year, right? I mean, that was much more entertaining than Bucks uh, Bucks Hawks. Yeah. No, I know. But the but the games were not. That's what's weird. It's not even the matchups. It's that. Whoever wins, they're they're winning by thirty. <laughs> Every I know. Night. I look at these spreads. Like Celtics were in this past game were minus seven, and I'm like, Miami's going to keep it close. And then I'm like, what the fuck am I talking about? If I think the Celtics are going to win, I should take a minus ten. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and vice versa. Yeah. No. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you're right. I think you're right. Just an anomaly, but. I don't know. I do chalk it up to the lack of rest and the and the miles on the bod there. Yeah, what I would like is in the first round to not fuck around and have these series at, with like three games in between, especially in the one eights. We know how that's going. Wrap it up if you're going to play a best of seven. In the conference finals, you should be having extra days in between. That's an interesting days. idea. Moving around the rest days, maybe throwing some back to backs in there. You know what? Yeah, you know what would happen though. Here. You know what would happen though is that let's say somehow next year the Lakers get the one seed and they play I don't know Minnesota for the eighth seed and there's back to backs. I I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron James and Anthony Davis sat a fucking playoff game. That's a really good point. I wouldn't either. I mean, in, in some of these games that are so. They're so lopsided, you know. They're pretty much sitting out the entire second halves anyway, right? So yeah, and it's like well if the Lakers the are up, if the Lakers are up three zero, and and they see the rest coming and they want to get LeBron and AD an extra day, who cares if Minnesota takes a game? Good by them, right? You know, or or any of these teams. That's just an example. No, I like that. I, I don't think we're necessarily too far away and from the, that. I think, but I think that would have LeBron. Somebody, somebody big sitting in a playoff series would have the front off. Would have the NBA front offices, or sorry, the ownership and silver shit in a brick. Yeah, but I think they've got to be conditioned to it at this point. You know, if you're doing it for they, so no, many listen, they, they obviously games. they obviously are. They have no control over sitting in the regular season. But I think it would be a watershed moment if somebody sat, somebody was a healthy scratch for what do they call that load management in in the playoffs. See, I don't necessarily think it would be as big of a deal as you're making it out to be. I, I, think, I think that I think anybody at first following it would be a this, huge deal. I think I think it would I be all everybody talks about. No. I think anybody following this sport knows that, you know, the dam is broken open. So if you're not going to 
play on the one nationally televised game of the week that one of your one of your partners you know pays out the ass for uh and in a game in february when there's literally nothing else on and they're going to sit those games out if you're up 3-0 in the playoffs and you're a one seed with championship aspirations they're not going it's not going to be a huge deal i don't think i'll tell you right now if that, if i saw that news today like if I, I not in the west final i don't think in a conference final no, it would ever happen because I, you can't take that chance but in the first round of one and an eight yeah i could see it i'm telling you man i i wouldn't be you're looking at it from your personal point of view and i'm in agreement with you i wouldn't care you know but like, I'm already seeing the first take the day after that happens and Stephen A. Smith sure. screaming at the camera saying, this isn't January, this is the fucking playoffs and whatever. You know, obviously he doesn't curse. Sure, and, and, you know, and on PTI, you know, Will Bond would go absolutely apoplectic talking about how this never would have happened in the days of Russell and and Magic and all that shit. I mean, I, I the, there would be outrage for sure, but there's a difference between outrage and not understanding it. And I think if that, if the situation you lay out were to occur and you say, listen, we're, we have bigger. Now, if a team, like if you're a four seed and you're up three Oh, and you're sitting, that might be a little bit different, but if you're the overall one and then you're clearly should be, you know, coasting to the Western final or the Eastern final, I, I think that it's pretty much, I think it could happen. I think we're just waiting on the circumstance. Yeah. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, bro, we want it to be the best product out there, but it gets down to everything, just like the NFL, just like the MLB. How much is too much? These these owners are greedy and they're not gonna they're not gonna give an inch when it comes to it's it's just like a tax in the United States of America. Once it's put in, it ain't going nowhere. No. And in the NBA too. I mean, they're they're going to no, no, try no, this, know. you know, midseason playing or this midseason tournament. We'll see how that goes because they understand that the regular season's a slog. And I could you know, give you have teams less like the, of a fuck about that, but I'll watch it. Of course you will, and that's their thing. Is you can scream and yell and stomp around and get pissed and fire off angry tweets about it, but at the end of the day, you're watching, so that's all that matters to them. But unless you have anything else on the NBA, you're ready to go to MLB. Speaking of tweets, I just hope everybody follows that follows us at Sorry Sports. I have been a little bit active oh, on Twitter nice. lately. Um, Look at you. Yes. Um, no, let's move on to the MLB. Uh, I guess we'll talk Yankees first. Sean, thank you for tempering my expectations. Um, the wheels are starting to wobble. We signed Matt Carpenter today. Um, I don't remember the last time he took an at-bat in the MLB. I know he's a three-time All-Star, but that was a long time ago. Um, injury bug, man. We, we, we knew it was coming, right? I mean, if Judge wasn't on this team, this would be a last-place baseball team. I mean, you can't say that. Like, the, the thing no, is, they is wouldn't, that he's, he's won a lot of games on his own. He has. We, we've talked about this, and the reason I say temper expectations is because the Yankees have had a couple of things, and we've talked about this, that very much at their advantage. One, they've played a pretty easy schedule. They've played Baltimore a lot. They've played – Haven't even you know, beat Baltimore you know, Some recently. really shitty – Well, they just took two of three from again. They're 9-4 and four against them this year, which is Maybe I'm which just salty because of one game I went to. They lost. 
I will tell you this. You, I, and the rest of Yankee Nation are salty anytime they lose because we have last year that's still so printed in our minds. And this team is 31 and 13. Like, they're 18 games over 500. They're not eight games over 500. They're not five, They're not 10 games over. They're 18. I mean, they lost the, both games of a doubleheader that they shouldn't want. At least both of them they should should have won they i would say split because it's hard to sweep a doubleheader but they they had a three-game losing streak and it was like well the world's crashing down now there's some worrisome things the injury bug i mean tom you want to lay out the roster that's currently out for at least uh, the foreseeable future and then obviously you know green out for the year yeah we can we can just say chad green's out for the year that's that's a tough loss because you know uh brian kenny says it all the time about bullpen aces, I think he's our he was our bullpen ace. Um, so that's that's a loss that you're not going to be able to replace. Point blank, period. I don't care who you pull up, whatever. Um, obviously, Gallo's out. I don't know how he had, he's, he's back now. He's back now. Oh, he's back now. I don't care. He played last night. He DH last night, and he's playing right field today. He sucks. Um, I mean, yep. obviously. The elephant in the room is is Giancarlo Stanton, which what is his injury? Because there was some clarifications to that. It was a calf. It's an ankle. It's a, I think it's, it's an like ankle. it's like ankle inflammation. Mm-hmm. And and Stanton was again as he is every year, playing incredible, playing the outfield a lot more this year than he ever has. He looked great, um, and, and then he gets hurt. And, you know, they – I don't know how many – how long did they say this injury is going to be? Do they even have a timetable for it? Boone said that he probably didn't even need the 10 days, but there was no reason to not let him get the rest. So and what do it you sounds th- like as soon as the 10 days is up, he's You think back. that's going to be right, or do you think he's going to come back and then be back? I, I don't know. I mean, with him, it's always a question, right? With like, him, it's usually you, 10 days equals 30. But those injuries were never 10-day IL things. Who else is on that the calf IL? strain and Loisaga with shoulder discomfort, yep. the same kind he had last year. He's not been pitching well. Um, Chapman with Achilles on. tendonitis. Yep. Um, he's been bad and, and also just doesn't look like he has any power through that landing leg. Um, Donaldson's been dealing with COVID, um, mm-hmm. and he'll have a one-game suspension that he's appealing. Um who else? And now Hicks was scratched from today with a with hamstring tightness, but him not playing, I don't look at it as a bad thing outside of the fact that you just don't want Judge playing much center field. And by sending Floreal down, you don't have much of a center fielder. I think that pretty much covers it. Um, for now. Let's let's preface for that now. with for now. But that's a lot. That's a it. lot. Yeah, yeah. That's no, a lot of guys. No doubt. Oh, my God, man. It's – I don't know. All right. Are we – I'm not a fan of any other team. Obviously, I follow the MLB. Um, we talk about the MLB, especially especially when this NBA season's over. We're going to talk about it even more. But, like, do we? Do the Yankees get injured more than other teams on a yearly basis? It, it feels that That's way. What I'm saying. I think more pr- prominent players do. But outside of the injuries, because it does sound like most of these outside of green are not going to be really, really long-term things. Obviously, we'll see how it plays out. But, Tom, to me, this has been 
a weird year because we can appreciate how good they've been. Like you're not give they're the first team to 30 wins. They're 18 games over 500. They have the best record in baseball. Their starting rotation is electric. Their bullpen up to this point has been absolutely, you know, foolproof, excluding um, the excluding the doubleheader. Excluding the doubleheader, but they didn't score runs. They scored one run in 18 innings. And they've had some but like, you know, you watch this team and there's so many guys that like you don't trust to do shit when they come up to the plate that are playing regular, you know, yeah. five, six days a week between I, Gallo and Hicks and I feel the like catcher this. position. I, I feel like, although, uh, what's-his-face had a hell of a game with that walk-off. No, that was great. That was absolutely awesome. Um, but he has two home runs and, like, five RBS. Yeah, no. He had – he his one quarter of his year was that night, literally, for his stats. Yeah, um, yeah. Honestly, it feels like our pitching staff, whether it be the bullpen and and the the starting staff, is standing on, on a on a house of cards. That if you make one bad move, it's fucking over for you because it just unless Judge hits three home runs in a game, you know Rizzo's gonna get you his singles and then hit one out of the ballpark every every ten at bats, every fifteen at bats. But aside from that, it's just. It's nothing, and it's like I went to the game on Monday night, and Garrett Cole went what six and six and something, seven innings. I mean, he didn't. Tom, he went eight. Yeah, he went you're eight. right. He <laughs> went eight. Sorry, I left in the seventh because I was like, this fucking game's over. Um, but I mean, not his best stuff. And 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 again, he can't be perfect every day. He gave up, I believe, four earned runs. But I mean, the entire time I was there, I felt like that game was over. Well, what was crazy about that game was you can't say he didn't have great stuff because he struck out 11 and walked zero. No, I know, he but made, it wasn't he like he threw. Really, he had yeah. one fucking terrible inning where like he was just getting ambushed by a, a very aggressive Oriole team. And then he gave up the home run to Urias in the seventh. That broke the tie. And like it was one of the weirder games because it's like, well, you can't Very say he got odd. smacked around. It was one inning where he got smacked around. Outside of that, he made one mistake. But you're right. I mean, you don't trust that the Yankees are going to come back and score many runs. And, I mean, when Aaron Hicks is ba- getting four at-bats a game and Joey Gallo is getting four at-bats a Dude, game. There's, there's the literally a- two guys I trust at the plate, and that's yeah, and that's Aaron Judge and, and Anthony Rizzo right now with Stanton being out. It's like – it's like the third guy that comes up to the plate that I feel like is going to come through is fucking IKF, and that's that's not good. He was batting fifth yeah, in or, the game that I went to. Are you are you kidding me? <laughs> I know that was bad, man. And Torres has his Torres has his games where you know he had two home runs, I think, in the next game. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I I think that we still have such a bad taste in our mouth from last year from how streaky this team was, and there's a lot of the same guys on this team where. How many three nothing, two one, two nothing games can you win exactly. before the before the pitching eventually just falters, which has happened over the last week, right? Games that they were winning in the first two, three, four weeks of the season, they gave up. King imploded in one of the games. Obviously, Chapman, Litke had a really bad performance. Uh, Castro really was the culprit in that Sunday night game. You know, you, these guys are not going to be perfect and pitching all perfect at the same time yeah and baseball... I'm fascinated go ahead Sean go ahead oh no I was just gonna say I'm fascinated to hear what you think the new construction of this bullpen is gonna be with Chapman Loisaga and obviously green out for the year home seems to be the closer 
where where do you see the rest of the kind of the pecking order being? King and Schmidt next, probably. Right? Yeah, that prob- that sounds right to me. Castro but, will mean, probably get more opportunities. I think Schmidt's probably your new, whatever you want to call him, version of Chad Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, King is your new Loisaga, I, I, I guess. Um, what the hell happened to Peralta? Yeah, he, him and Lidke have kind of been the same to me where the back end of that bullpen was so dominant for so long that those guys really didn't get any work. So, like, when they had a bad game, it was, like, their first appearance in, like, 11 days. Yeah. So maybe with, well, more, maybe with more work, they'll be better. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, Sean. I'm a big believer, especially in the MLB, more than anything else, that a team is eventually going to regress to the mean, whether that means they get off to a slow start. You're going to look up if they're a very good team. They're going to be where they should be or the opposite. And, you know, I don't know if you can talk me off the ledge here, but I feel like after the all-star break and whatnot, we may be looking up at this team and, and just counting down the games until Tampa catches us with us taking one out of three of every series. And before you know it, we're the second fucking wild card team again. So what, despite obviously also being very tempered and having my major concerns that I have not deviated from, I think we're very much overlooking as to how dominant we've been. Yeah, I know. So I know. even if they, even if I they have, God, like I'm... I was, think, I was thinking about it today, Tom. If they have a stretch where they go like five and twelve, and that starts tonight, let's say, they'd be thirty-six and twenty-five. Like I don't that's, know. That's I... like you know that that's that's eleven games over five hundred. I like to think and of myself, not, and they're not bad enough to do that. That's the thing is, they're not bad enough to do that. No, you're right. And I listen. I like to think of myself as I, I like to bust balls, but I don't really get angry. I'm I'm an even killed guy, but I swear to God, the Yankees make me bipolar. Because well, again, two weeks ago, so you're telling me people on this team. You're 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 telling me to temper two weeks ago, and now I'm here, and I swear I'm talking about the Yankees as if they're Baltimore. But there's that's the nature they're of a somewhere in the middle, right? Game no, I think they're much more towards what they are now than they are towards Baltimore. No, no, no. Last I know. year, but uh, but they also last are... year, Tom, they still won ninety-one games. For as awful as they were, they still won ninety-one games. And at this point last year, they were climbing up the standings, like desperately needing to like a six-game winning streak, like. Yeah, they didn't beat Baltimore the way we wanted to, but like I said, they're nine and four against Baltimore. Last year at this time, I think they were. I mean, what they finished last year? Weren't they like twelve and nine against Baltimore or something like that? Twelve and eight. Yeah, like that's not like going to that. happen this year. And, and also Boston, I know they've been really hot, but they they got off to such a bad start when we were just racking up wins. Like they're just getting back to five hundred now, playing great baseball, and they're still like eleven and a half behind the Yankees. What do we do about Glaber Torres? Because, you know, I was saying it to Michaela's sister at the game. I said, listen, this this guy's my kid's college fund. You have no fucking idea how many Glaber Torres rookie cards I own. This is this is bad news for me. <laughs> it's bad news for the program. <laughs> I mean, I think that the Yankees have a very sound plan where he's going to – when DJ's back and when Donaldson's back, 
that Torres is going to play four or five days a week between second base and DH. He already has seven home runs. He had nine all of last year. He's not a great second baseman. We know that, but he's certainly a better second baseman than he is a shortstop. I don't think you have to do anything with him because he's not hurting your team. The only people that I would say are hurting the team, and that's really hard to do when, again, you're 18 games over 500, are Hicks and Gallup. Especially Hicks because now he can't can't run bases or play the outfield anymore. At least Gallup gives you gold glove left field. Crazy thought. What do you think about Sick and Glaber in center field? I think it'd be a disaster. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think – yeah, absolutely. He's an infielder. I mean, they already are playing Miggy out in left field now because of the injuries and, oh, God. and the COVID and whatnot. But, like – Miggy no, reminds me sec- – remember when the Red Sox tried to play Hanley Ramirez in left field? That's what Miggy reminds me of. Oh, boy. Yeah, like, that was Just like a fucking like deer in the headlights. Yeah, it's not it's not good, and obviously he's only out there tonight, and he had been out there the last few nights because Gallo was not playing, and now Gallo needs to play right because of Hicks getting scratched and Judge having to play center. But I, I think Torres is fine, man. He's not he's not hurting the team. He's not maybe ever going to be what he showed his first two years, and he's not going to get the opportunity to, especially if DJ's raking. But he's a very he's not hurting this team. All right, all right. You talk me off the ledge. Do you agree or not? I don't, I'm not the I'm not the total voice of reason here. You have an opinion? No, I mean, listen. I I I think that I just have. I don't think he's hurting the team. I just think I have higher expectations for what Glaber could be and should be than maybe you do right now, and that's okay. It's just you know I I think Glaber Torres should be a two eighty to three hundred hitter and and hit twenty five home runs. And clearly, and you're not maybe wrong for that's not what that. he's going to be. I... You're not wrong for thinking that because he's shown to do that twice. Yeah. But, you know, the good thing is, is that Sanchez showed to be the best catcher, the best hitting catcher in the league, and then he didn't know how to hit. At least Torres is not what he was last year, and he's not Gary Sanchez. So we at least have that. And if he's just a good player that that's going to hit, you know, probably close to 20 this year if he already has seven and and played good second base five days a week, four days a week. He's not going to – he's not hurting the team. And, and again, I expect, Tom, and we will have a lot of time to talk about this once the NBA is over and we can really dive in MLB. Brian Cashman is not – and, I mean, he is not. Maybe you can get him on the horn. I know you've kind of disowned him. But he's not going to let this start run away from them. I mean, in 2018, they kind of were starting to go on that slide that you referenced maybe happening this time after the All-Star break, and he fortified that roster at the trade deadline and afterwards with guys like Jay Happ, Lance Lynn, uh, Andrew McCutcheon, because the Yankees had such a good first half and had built up really good standings where he wasn't going to let the team just kind of fold over. If this team is even you know, 15 games over 500 come to trade deadline time, he knows in his heart of hearts that Aaron Hicks and, and Joey Gallo cannot be everyday players on a championship team. But there's no urgency to move off of those guys just just yet because they keep winning. I think what's really disappointing is Floriel because every time he gets called up, I'm hoping he does something so he could supplant Hicks, and he just doesn't look like he can hit major league pitching. Yeah. No, he, he reminds me of Jacoby Ellsbury. 
Oh, that's not fair. Ellsbury had some great years, dude. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about towards the end. I'm talking about towards the end where he just fell off a cliff and it looked like he just forgot how to play baseball. Ellsbury, much better player, much better career. Oh, okay. I wanted you to clear that up because I was like, nah. Ellsbury was able to parlay some really good years into a seven-year, $145 nah, million yeah, yeah. Dollar deal. I know. I'm wondering if Esteban Florial can even be a fourth outfielder in the league. No, I was talking more about Hicks, honestly. Where yeah. Hicks just kind of fell off a cliff, but Florio. Oh, Hicks. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. my fault. All right, you oh, ready Hicks to talk too. about yeah, the crosstown rival? Yeah, your New York Mets. How are you feeling about them? They've got the injury bug too. Big time injury bug. Um, but to be honest, I mean, it's kind of these teams kind of mirror each other in the sense that they've built up such a lead. I mean, they're twenty nine and seventeen themselves, respectfully. Um. I mean, I, I'm looking at things right now. They still have – listen, is it good that DeGrom is out and is it good that Scherzer's hurt? Hell no. But their depth at pitching is still enough to where they could sustain it. McGill's going to be back. They're going to be able to get starters at the deadline. And and their offense and their defense is very strong. The other thing they have playing to their advantage is that their division's not very good. I mean, yeah. we'll see what Atlanta ends up doing. You know, last year they weren't very good either, and then they they got a whole new team at the deadline and ended up winning a World Series. But I, this division's not good. I mean, do you have any confidence that the Phillies are going to overtake them? When was the last time you had confidence in the Phillies? 2008 when they won the World Series or when they lost the Yankees in, in what, 2009? That was the last time I did. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. That's the other uh, thing about the Mets that's very similar to the Yankees. They've built up such a lead, and they've built up so many wins early when other teams were losing, that even when you you have a rough stretch, you've bought yourself some time because of how dominant you were out of the gates. I would be worried as a Mets fan and as a DeGrom fan about about DeGrom. Um, I, I don't know if he pitches again this year. Which is incredible. Do you buy anything into the? Do you buy anything into the reports that came out yesterday that he's going to be ready by end of June? Honestly, no, I don't. Uh, I really don't. I mean, he's got a shoulder injury, correct? Yeah. I mean, I for him and Lawizaga, I just pitching and shoulders, man. Anything, anything that has to do with your, with your, I mean, anything for a pitcher. I mean, I'm worried about Chapman and his fucking leg. Cause you push off your leg. Everything worries me when it comes to a pitcher, but especially a shoulder. I don't think he'll be ready at all. All right. I'm going to hold you to that. They're hoping, they're hoping end of June that he, that he's back. And, and it, listen, I, that timetable is finicky for one reason to me. If they continue to win and they continue to have a sizable lead in the division, take all the time. They're not going to rush yeah. him back. Yeah. Exactly. Same with Scherzer. I think if things start to get a little closer there, and Atlanta starts playing the kind of baseball you know a lot of people expect them to, then yeah, you might have to get these guys back and not not really waste too much time. But if they continue to play the kind of ball they are now, I know they just lost a couple to the Giants, but the Giants are a really good team. They'll be fine. I don't really have a lot of problems with the Mets, and especially because this team is much different than last year because they have Buck Showalter. Yeah. I mean, I, honestly, I wouldn't really worry about Atlanta because outside of Acuna, and uh, who's just come back, and Olsen, who's been playing okay this year, he's hitting 
right about 250 with five bombs. That's really not that great. I mean, the rest of the team that stepped up last year and seems to be having a great year outside of Riley just seems to not be having a great year. No, they're, and their pitching hasn't been what they've hoped for. They're, they're not the team that they were last year just yet. But, again, there's still a lot of talent on that team, and a hot streak is inevitable, I believe. It's just going to be a matter of is that going to correlate with a Mets collapse like it happened last year, and I don't think it will. No. All right, you ready to talk a little bit of golf? Oh, we have to. Give us your recap. Did you watch the PGA? I was watching a good amount of it on Friday and Saturday, yeah. yeah I was upset Tiger withdrew. But I was, I was not, too, It was nice but to see Thomas win. To be honest, I would think I would have been more upset to watch Tiger shoot like an 80 out there. Uh, the body, it just, he, it hurts to watch him walk. And that's the thing that I think everybody needs to think about is that if you want to take Tiger to a range or a simulator, sure, he can hit all the shots, but then go tell him to walk four miles and then hit all those shots, you know? Yeah. And and that's where really, I think the really leg hard. has the biggest impact. Um, and again, this, like Augusta, is a very was, – was not an easy walk from what I've been told. Um, and I've heard that Brookline – uh, the country club in Boston where the U.S. Open's being held. I've heard that's an even tougher walk. So me personally, I Is he like, committed to that? No, he's he has he has not said either way yet. So personally for me, Sean, I would prefer Tiger to sit out the U.S. Open and there is a very gettable, very flat course that they are playing the Open Championship at, the home of golf, St. Andrews, this year for the 100th anniversary. I think we, Tiger should rest up, do whatever he's got to do, talk to Al Horford's uh, doctors to get himself <laughs> in the best shape he can. That was a good one. To walk, to walk St. Andrews. That's what I personally would like for Tiger. Would I be upset if he shows up at Brookline? No, but I would prefer he gets himself geared up and who the hell knows but i will say this about tiger shame on every single professional that didn't make the cut and finish behind him patrick cantlay especially i'm looking at you who who did patrick cantlay beat out this past week a couple of fucking club pros that's pretty much it that's (laughs) that's an absolute joke and your pga tour card should be revoked if i was that bad at my job i'd be fired 10 times over Wow, he's never won a big fucking round of golf in his life. I don't care. Don't I don't care that he won the tour championship last year. Okay, he's never performed well in majors. He's never performed well in big tournaments. I don't want to hear it. All Point right. Blank. Point blank. Period. Don't Noted. bring up his name on this podcast. He's not welcome on the podcast. Go play live golf. Go play Saudi golf. Okay. Um, he won't because he makes plenty of money on the PGA Tour. But whatever. Um. Tony Finau, in it. I was happy to see that. Again, my guy, I think the ceiling's going to break on him. I might, when it comes to gambling, because I've taken more of the route of trying to make people money on this podcast than going with my heart, I might miss it when he does win his first major because I'm not going to be betting on it, but I will be over the moon when it happens. Our boy Max, T13, moving in the right direction, right? Awesome. Yep, so happy so. to see him make the cut. And there was a split second where he was like on like the ninth hole. He was he was a few strokes back, and I said maybe, but 
slowed down towards the end. I'm just happy to see that he finished in the top 20. Um, anybody else stick out to you before we talk about JT? I mean, Mito Pereira, great week, but I don't know. It was a bunch of people I'd never heard of, honestly. Yeah, I mean, Mito Pereira is... There are a few guys that were that were playing well that, obviously, I'm not nearly as plugged into the tour as you are, Matthew but I was just like, I've never heard of him, I've is, never heard of him. Matthew Fitzpatrick's a plotter. He's very ugly, no offense to him, and I've, so, I I never saw him winning. He's more of a, I don't know, he's more of a backdoor kind of guy to me. Um, I mean, Cameron Young, this guy's a fucking rookie, and he's finishing up here. I've already put my bet in, by the way, um, at plus 2,700 for Will Zalatoris to win the U.S. Open. Um, I think he's going to go out there and get it. I think he proved to himself that all he needs to do is work on his putting just a little bit. I'm sure you saw a couple videos of his stroke. It is puke. Oh, yeah. Um, but as long as as long as long he can just dial in the putter and get it figured out, I, I honestly, I think those are some of the best odds I've ever seen. All right. And yeah, then, I I didn't know much about him honestly, but I I was watching when I was watching I saw him putting. I mean, him. like I don't. It's th- only, he's got collapse written all over him. Oh, Zalatoris. Yeah. Well, it's just his putter, and I mean, he made. That's what I said. Yeah. A couple incredible putts towards the end there to even force that playoff, especially the par putt on the 18th hole. Um, but I mean, the guy. He's just nails. I mean, he's he's won PGA Tour Rookie of the Year last year, and I, his worst finish in a major is still like top twenty over the last two years of his professional career. Incredible. Uh, I think he finished second or third in the Masters in his first go round last year. Um, back to Justin Thomas. It, it was honestly this course beat the shit out of everybody, and he just played it perfectly. For him to honestly, I think a younger Justin Thomas. I think on the thirteenth hole he had a dead shank. I, I I think the younger Justin Thomas, without the caddy that he has, fills old caddy bones on the bag, falls apart there, and probably finishes t six to end the day, and that's that, and just starts bitching in the press conference. A lot of maturity out of him, composed himself, got it together, just outlasted everybody, got it to a playoff, and then goes, what, birdie, birdie, par to win the playoff. Just incredible. And to be honest, I think this blows the doors off Justin Thomas. I think he's going to have, when it's all said and done now, the major is just going to start coming in. The pressure's off of him with this second. I think he's going to win, I don't know, five or six. That's, that's the, that, you're talking about him going on quite the run there. I've always liked JT. So I mean, it was the guy, nice to see the guy's short game is incredible, solid, solid putter, and he can shape the ball with the best of them. And that's honestly what Tiger – and he's, he's best buds with Tiger. He's going to get the best advice there is. And uh, I just think he needed to get this second one out of the way, and now the doors have been blown off. Awesome, man. Well, that's you've made a couple predictions here, but sounds good to me. I mean, I, I enjoyed when I watched. Like I said, it, Tiger just grips you whether you're – think he has a chance or not um and and you know i i thought i thought the course just looked from my novice eyes it looked like it was just like absolutely brutal out there i mean yeah a lot of a lot of tough bunkers apparently um and just shots around the green they they just did not sit and then the conditions, as Tiger would say, conditions were tough, um, and they and they really were. I mean, 
to go from, I don't know if this weather happened to you down, you know, a little bit further south, but I mean, to go from 90s on the first two days, which is like true Oklahoma weather in August when they used to have this tournament, down to the 50s, you know, people were wearing fucking winter coats out there on Saturday. That happened to us. That happened to us later in the week. It was like Tuesday it broke, and yesterday was like in the 70s. Yeah, that's nice, though. That's good for you. Oh, it felt great. Yeah, it's back to the high 90s, but we had a day. There you go. Hey, you know what? Maybe throw on one of those crew necks you got. I don't know. Now you're back into the fucking sleeveless jerseys, though. No. <laughs> Not. It's hot out. I know you're going to pop the fucking, uh, the fucking Kenyon Martin Nets jerseys on. Listen, man, you don't disrespect. <laughs> oh, man, you got anything else? What, what's going on with you, man? How's the new apartment? Settling in? Yeah, man, settled in. It's been busy at work, honestly. Um, but uh, exploring some new places in this area of, of the city, which has been fun. Um, and this weekend, uh, going floating um, on the San Marcos River, which would be a lot of fun. Um, which I I haven't done that yet. So looking forward to that. Um, but other than that, man, things are status quo. It's, it's been, you know, you get into that, you get into that routine and that grind and you know, the hours in which I work, they're kind of all over the place. So you just kind of, you know, enjoy, enjoy the time that you can. And, you know, you, other than that, you're just kind of either at home or working, but yeah, the, the, the place feels like home now, which is nice. So all's good there. And it sounds like I'm thinking the second weekend of August to come up. So perfect. I only have I the only thing I got going on in August right now is a vacation. I think the last week it's in the twenties, twenties of that month. So oh yeah, that should be perfect. It'll be way before then. Awesome, beautiful. What's going on with you? Not much, man. I haven't played golf in a little bit. I hit the range yesterday. Uh, it was Michaela's birthday weekend this past weekend, so. No golf for me, just, you know, spending happy time. Happy belated birthday, Michaela. Yes, happy birthday to Michaela. Um, you know, I, I did get into a new show. It's a short series. It's called uh, We Own This City or something like that. Uh, oh, yeah, it's the, the Wire, right? Or It's about Baltimore. There is some wire ties into it, including some characters that were in the original Wire. I think it's awesome. Uh, it's a quick five episodes. I'm probably going to watch it right after we get off this. Um, yeah, honestly, if you've seen the wire or even if you haven't, I, I think it's a good watch. Um, outside of that, I haven't really watched any other shows. Uh, anything for you? So, no, no shows, uh, since winning time. Um, so I gotta, I gotta start dialing in to see if there's any documentaries or any series that catch my eye. I did buy but, on Amazon, um, the unauthorized biography of Phil. So I haven't oh, opened the book you? yet, All right. but I, I will open it. Um, it's sitting in the living room. So I'm just waiting for a little bit of free time where I feel like reading to have a look at that. And then when I finish it, I think I'm going to wrap it up and I'm going to make you read it depending on how good it is. I'm going to wrap it up and send it your way. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely intrigued by Phil as the character. I mean, he's lived quite the life and his time on tour has been nothing short of, you know, memorable and a lot of news. So if it's good, I'm, I'm in. Cause he's, he's, he's one of the athletes that throughout my entire like formative years and into my adult years that like, he's always been around. 
Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? I held the book, and it seems like it's going to be an easy read. It doesn't seem like it's going to be too long. Felt light. Wasn't that thick, you know? You get one of those books that you're all gung-ho about reading, and you see, you look at the last page just to see the page number, and it's like page 866, and it's just like, oh, my God. Like, how can I fucking read this thing? I can tell you, I have never, ever picked up a book that looks that daunting and have ever been tempted to read it no matter the subject matter <laughs> that's my point is like i i had to take a look and it's probably 300 pages it's it'll be the reading is tough enough for me as it is reading that's true you know real books so it's it's it when you give me something like that it's like you're just trying to mock me at this point <laughs> yeah i know but hey you you read some major books i mean uh first time i met you i think you had some type of uh historical book and i was like oh this guy's the real fucking deal if you can like <laughs> you can break it up a little bit and you're not doing too much at that time too. I hadn't really gotten into podcasts. So it was like, okay, if I read a chapter here, a chapter there, I can digest it. But when you're dyslexic with a word processing disorder, reading's not always the most fun. No, I mean this podcast, you're dyslexic. I'm dysgraphic. You can't read. I can't write. We're, you know, just, just Isn't think- it weird how that happens. <laughs> like I can write, I've always been able to write and I've always prided myself on having a pretty good, like vernacular and vocab where like I know where words fit. I might not be able to necessarily like absolutely grab it, but I've always had a pretty good sense for like sentence building and all of that. But you ask me to read a 17 page chapter in a book and it's like, Hey, tell me what you just read. I'd be like, I have no idea. (laughs) Well, for me, it's, it's not that I can't write well. Like if I type it, it's fine. It's just my handwriting is legitimately illegible. That's that's what dysgraphia is, for those who are wondering. Yeah. Um, no, I understand. Where but you're hey, coming thank from. I listen. Was... Thank God you and I both weren't born in like 1930 because we'd probably be working at fucking, I don't know, uh, McDonald's and have dunce caps on. That's what they would have thought of us. I back say, then. oh for sure. I mean, I say all the time. Like, I'm lucky that I don't know how bad your your writing is, but like. My my dyslexia is more of an inconvenience than it is a real handicap. Like I can get through; it's just going to take me a while. So anything yeah. that's time sensitive, like me. that's going to be a that's going to be a bitch. But if that's you why... say like, "Hey, read this at your own leisure," and yeah. and then you know, like write about it, that's never been a problem for me. Yeah, same thing for me. Where it's like in school, like if you wanted me to write, you know. Uh, an essay during one of those standardized tests that had to be so many words or so many pages. If I'm going fast, yes. If I'm going fast, you're not going to be able to read it. But if you're just like, Hey, you know, write me a letter and you have a month to do it. You're going to be able to read it. It's just, I'm going to go real slow. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I say this all the time, man. Like if I would, if pre-internet Sean would never have graduated college. Because I was able to write book reports and like do shit like that on books I never even read. Because you just like know how to get the information from different sources and tie it oh, into yeah. class discussions notes, and, blah, blah, blah. And, and all that. And, and you know you get you have enough to get by. And and I had to learn how to do that. If it was if it was any time before the internet, uh, I would not have a college degree. And I don't think that's even a debate. Hundred percent. Same here. Any time before the internet or Adderall for me. <laughs> I also have ADD for those wondering. Key, We're the, open books the key, today. 
Yeah, we are. Listen, the keys the keys to you becoming a successful CEO are Adderall and uh, the internet. So we have that down. Yeah, I've I haven't taken Adderall in a long time. I don't I don't fucking need it. I'm I'm you know iron sharpens iron. Iron it's just going to, you know, maybe right. I won't hear what you said the first five times because I'm distracted by something shiny. Hey, man, shiny things are going to get your attention no matter what it is. Yeah. Well, let's get, let's well, listen. Before note, we go, let's get you back on a show. Yeah. Let's get you back on a show. I, I don't know what show right, it give is. Me suge- give me suggestions. Oh, I'm open for, I'm open for certain things. Have you watched The Wire? But you got, you have to. No, I never watched The Wire. I thought but The Wire was see, awesome. that, you Do not. So somehow, some way, I stuck with The Sopranos, mm-hmm. and I was able to binge that. Um, but I, you don't don't give me anything that's like seven or eight seasons. No matter how is good that intimidating TV it for is. you? Is that like the eight hundred page book for me? Where you're just like, you know what oh, it is. It, you know you can't take a break, and you know you have to put pretty much everything else on pause to get through it. Because I'm not going to remember certain scenes Fair. and certain details. If I'm spacing out a show over a year. So if you say like, hey, here's a really good miniseries or hey, this is only up to season two. Give it a try. I- I'm going to be more inclined to give that a run on a weekend. But, you know, if it's anything for- where that's already either already finished and has a bunch of or has a bunch of seasons, you're you're not going to get that from me. We saw the Peaky Blinders attempt. It didn't work very well. Yeah. How much did you get through? Three episodes. Oh my god, you were talking about it for so long as if you had fucking gotten through multiple seasons. I can at least say god. I'm on like season three of Peaky Blinders. Yeah, good for you. Let me know what happens. <laughs> Alright, well give me a week and I'll get back to you with a short series that I enjoyed. How about that? That sounds good to me. You should watch that Jinx. Have you ever seen Jinx about Robert Durst? No, never heard of it. You should watch that. It's on HBO. Not to mention... He fucking lived like 10 minutes from where you grew up in South Salem. All right. He's like a billionaire murderer kind of. Yeah. It's interesting. Close to home. Yeah. Close to home. That can count. And when you listen, when you come up, because matter of fact, my ex-girlfriend lived literally within walking distance of his of his house where he allegedly murdered his wife and put her in the river there, put her in the lake there. I can I can drive you to the house. When you come Perfect. Your ex, wait, your your ex girlfriend's house or, or Robert Durst's house? We want yeah, we'll be going to Durst's house. Not not yet. <laughs> All right. All right. Sounds good to me. Well on that note, um I'll maybe I'll look into that and we've got some sports to watch and Tom, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. You got any plans for it? You doing anything or are you just gonna chill? Yeah. Um I am playing Beth Page on Sunday. Fuck yeah. Not black. I'm not paying. I'm not playing Beth Page black. Uh, I don't want to kill myself. Didn't even ask. Playing Beth Page red, um, and then I'm playing a little golf uh, at Richter Park. You know where that is in Danbury. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. Lovely track. Probably the maybe the best municipal public course in the country, in my opinion. <laughs> it's a, you haven't it's a seen a lot of beautiful them, course. But... Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things. I've heard nothing but good things. What about you? Anything? Well, enjoy it. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing. I'm oh, you're doing the Saturday. lazy river. Um, yeah, so you just go out on the San Marcos and like you tie a bunch of like tubes together, and people have like yeah. I did that at uh, I did that at Splashdown, and then people would piss in the water, and it would turn a different color. I've done that. 
Yeah, well, this is a little different. This is an actual <laughs> you know, river, but with nature and everything, not splash down. But I'm glad that you can draw some kind of some kind of coral. You're floating in the water in a tube. Same shit. Same, same, but different. <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy it, bro, and everybody enjoy your Memorial Day and uh, stay safe out there. I guess is all we can really say. Absolutely. I echo that. Take care, everybody. <laughs>